What is up, everybody, on a Monday afternoon on August the 12th, 2019. This is the Outlaw Sports Show presented by Jesse James Williams in connection with the After Shift Podcast Network. You can find us on Anchor. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, and hopefully soon, CastBox, Stitcher, and TuneIn. I say again, you can find us on the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, CastBox, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And I would also like to say that by listening to this, we very appreciate it. We appreciate all the support. And you can find us on those apps. There will be more podcasts coming with the shows that I have listed in the promo for this network. I know that it shows, but that will change. So today is August the 12th, 2019, and we have many topics to get to, including the never-ending Antonio Brown drama, Aaron Rodgers talking about fake news, Dak turning down $30 million, the preseason's happening. I might talk about some stuff there. We might get into a little bit of predictions for the NFL. And I would like to start with Antonio Brown. So if you've listened to me before on 12 Ounce Sports Radio or on any of these episodes on The Kicker and the Outlaw, I did with Ian, a good buddy of mine, or if you have heard me on the Rehab Sports Guys, then you know that I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And if you don't, well, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Lived in Pittsburgh when I was a kid. Not going to really get into that. You could go to Anchor and look at some of those old podcasts where I basically I have an episode on there called Reintroducing the Outlaw where I go through my sports history. So Antonio Brown, if you haven't been paying attention during the offseason, was traded to the Oakland Raiders after a tumultuous term with the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of information coming out in a bevy of Issues going to off the field issues and Facebook Live and stuff like that. So anyways, Antonio Brown is now a member of the Oakland Raiders. And recently he had an issue with frostbite due to some cyber chamber that um, I, I know I know what it is, but I can't remember exactly what it's called. But anyways, he got frostbite in his foot for not wearing the right equipment. And then recently he was informed that, hey, since we have told you about this for a couple years, you're not going to be able to wear your helmet. And Antonio Brown, in Antonio Brown fashion, threw a fit, threatened to retire, filed a grievance against the NFL, and basically was like, if I can't wear my helmet, I'm not going to play again. Well, funny how things have changed. And this is almost a little bit of breaking news because all the daytime shows on Fox and ESPN obviously are morning shows and this information wasn't ready to them, but it's available to me. And Antonio Brown's like, hey, I can't wait to join my teammates, even though they're not going to let me wear my helmet. Okay, first off. Listen to Greg Jennings today on Fox. I've listened to um, Chris Carter on Fox. And I've listened to all the analysts. And listen, I get that you don't want to change your helmet. Tom Brady is not thrilled about having to change helmets. Tom Brady didn't threaten to retire. Maybe because if Tom Brady retired, he's 42. And Bill Belichick would be like, thank goodness. Even though there's not a quarterback on the roster since, you know, they traded Jimmy G. Not Belichick's fault. So what I would like to do is say that I'm not naive in saying that the Steelers are going to be better without Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, who was signed by the New York Jets in the offseason for less money than the Steelers offered him. And obviously, you, you can't get rid of a top 
five wide receiver and a top five running back and expect to be as productive. But, and a lot of people have been covering this, Big Ben and Mike Tomlin are kind of a little bit vindicated in this. I mean, Antonio Brown has been showing you signs, whether it's the arguments on the sideline, the tantrums, the kicking the water cooler, the FaceTime during either, was either halftime or the post-game uh, speech by Mike Tomlin. Um, there's people within the Raiders organization that says he's checking his bank balance during team meetings, and he has, I think, practiced one time with his new team, which is putting his quarterback in a very awkward situation because Derek Carr had that one really good year, and so after he had that one good year, he hasn't been very good. He's been injured since, and this is kind of a do-or-die situation for him. Gruden has a 10-year contract. The team is moving to Vegas next year. They're a lame-duck team in Oakland. Didn't even know if they were going to play in Oakland this year. And once again, we find ourselves talking about a guy who, for all intents and purposes, has been at one, either the best or one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. That There is no disputing that. It's basically been him, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., and um, DeAndre Hopkins for the Houston Texans. That's pretty much been the Ford, and you've had some other good receivers emerge around them. But for the past couple years, those have been the guys. And Antonio Brown's stats on the field back it up. I mean, he scores a lot of touchdowns. He catches a lot of passes. He gets a lot of yards. He does a lot of end zone dances. He's very flamboyant. I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but I, I was a huge Antonio Brown fan. I loved 84. But at some point, you have to decide, are, are you about winning or are you about the celebrations? Or are you about Antonio Brown or are you about the Oakland Raiders? Now, I could really care less because I don't care about the Oakland Raiders. I want them to be interesting because John Gruden brings a level of interest because he is a TV personality. And if you haven't seen it, Frank Caliendo, the comedian, does great impersonations. You should look that up on YouTube or wherever. I don't even know if I can shout out YouTube. Hopefully, I don't get sued. Sue me if you want. You ain't going to get a dime because I'm broke. But anyways, <laughs> so I just think this Antonio Brown thing is not surprising at all. It doesn't surprise me that Antonio Brown, even though he's been using this, this cooling chamber for workout purposes, that he all of a sudden forgets to wear the right equipment. Is it surprising to me that he threatens that he's not going to play football anymore because he's not allowed to wear his helmet? And I get it. But why are you the only person that is deciding that you're going to retire, which obviously we know he's not now. He backed up off that pretty quickly because, I don't know, $30 million guaranteed is a lot of money to walk away from over a helmet. I get Antonio Brown loving his equipment. I've heard that over and over, but why is he the guy where all the noise comes from? Why is he the guy that's throwing furniture off of a balcony and was hitting a child? Why is Antonio Brown always in the news and by the way, if you hear a train in the background, I live next to the train. So just think of it as kind of a, a soundtrack. Come on a train. Take a journey with me. Let's let, let's ride this sports train all the way to the top, baby. Let's do what we got to do. Back to what I was saying. I get very sidetracked easily. And honestly, I would like to shout out the Pittsburgh Steelers because I have a water thermos that is a Pittsburgh Steelers thermos. My point about Antonio Brown is this. Enough is enough already. You're on a new team. You're getting a second chance. The Pittsburgh thing is behind you. They've moved on. But why is it always something with this guy? Maybe this is why he went to a lesser-known university, why he was drafted so low. And he was extremely productive in Pittsburgh. But he quit on the team last year. He walked out on the team. And Mike Tomlin, I mean, came out and said that if only – I mean, we kept so many things a secret. And it's like, well, I mean, I heard – 
Colin say, listen, every NFL coach or Doug Gottlieb or one of the guys says, well, all the NFL coaches do that. Well, that might be true. I think it was Colin or it was somebody on Colin's show. I think it was Greg Jennings. But listen, enough is enough with Antonio Brown. You made your point and you're going to look. And the other thing I heard is that he brought an old Steelers helmet and half-assed painted it um, with, with Oakland Raiders colors and tried to sneak it on the practice field. Like, come on, man. Like, at some point... And it wasn't like the NFL told him about this yesterday. First off, the helmet that he wants to wear, the company stopped making in 2011. If my math is correct, that's eight years ago. Okay? The NFL grandfathered a couple people in in 2016, but even now, they have to change. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, there was somebody else. I don't remember who it was, but they had to change their helmets. And they, I mean, listen, if Tom Brady says, hey, I don't like the helmet, but you know, whatever, Tom Brady's not sitting out of practice because he can't wear a helmet. So that's kind of my piece on Antonio Brown. We have been on air for nine minutes, and we are going to take a quick break. This has been the Outlaw Sports Show presented by Jesse J. Williams in connection with the After Shift Podcast Network. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Outlaw Sports Show presented by Jesse James Williams in connection with the After Shift Podcast Network. And as I said before, you can find us on Anchor. This is where we publish the episodes to. Then we take Anchor gives these basically sends our episodes to all these others. And you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. And it should be up on CastBox, Stitcher, and TuneIn soon. Also, I would like to say that to find us, just simply type in Aftershift Podcast Network. You should be able to find us. And I currently have the only shows on there right now, not because I'm selfish, but because, hey, listen, it's called After Shift because we all work together. We work different shifts and people get busy. A couple of the guys have kids and guys are, you know, out there living life and doing what they need to do. But we're going to get into this and make this podcast network awesome. I almost said great again, but we were never great to start with. And I don't really want to shout out the president because i don't know one i'm in the military and i can't discuss that and two people will find that a way to jump be like you're supporting trump and then listen that's why this isn't a political podcast so anyways don't play yourself so there's something else i want to get into and it is about the dak prescott uh contract situation now do i think dak prescott who is going into his fourth season who is if i'm not mistaken he is 32 and 16 as a starter, which is not a terrible record. It's actually a really good record. He's made the playoffs in two of his three seasons. Mind you, during the Ezekiel Elliott suspension, he did not play very well. Then they got Amari Cooper, and Amari Cooper played very well for them, and his numbers went up. And he is the starting quarterback on a rookie contract making like $500,000 a year. He's making less than a million. And so it's time for Dak Prescott, who's up for a contract who will become, I think his contract's up after this year. I could be mistaken on that. But Dak Prescott was offered, reportedly was offered a contract of upwards of $30 million a year, and he turned it down. Some people say he's betting on himself. Some people say that he's looking for $40 million a year. That's what I think has been reported by, I'm not going to be able to name the source right now, but we're hearing that, $30 $30 million a year is what he was offered, and he wants $40 million a year. So, I, before the show, decided to make a list of the top quarterbacks, and then do five to ten. I just listed some and then stopped. 
So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we'll go with the top seven or eight quarterbacks making the most money in this year, next year, and the year after. So in 2019, Matt Stafford's making 29.5. Kirk Cousins is making 29.5. This is million. Luck, 27.5. Rodgers, 26.5. Russell Wilson, 26.3. Big Ben, 26.2. Eli, 23.2. Cam, Phillip Rivers are all making 23. Drew Brees is making 22.7. Carr's making 22.5. And Brady's making 21.5. In 2020, Matt Ryan's making $33 million. Ben's making 33, Aaron 32, Stafford 31, Cousins 31, Wilson 31, Luck 28, Jimmy G 26. In 2021, Matt Ryan jumps up to 36, Carson Wentz comes in at 34, Rodgers at 33, Wilson at 32, Ben at 31, Stafford at 30, Jimmy G at 26. So I'm going to get into some of these contracts. Not that I'm begrudging people making their money because, listen, Make your money. I'm not offended by how much. People are like, they get paid too much. It's like if someone offered you $33 million to play football, you're going to turn it down? Like, come on, bro. Now, you might give some to charity, but you ain't turning it down. It's, let me explain real quick before we get into that how capitalism works for people who don't understand. So you are paid based on what the market dictates you make. And so the market has dictated that quarterbacks will make $30 million a year if they're really good or if their franchise just doesn't want to lose them. So let's go into this year. Matt Stafford's making 29.5. Do I think Matt Stafford's talent is worth 29.5? Yes. Has he lived up to that contract? No. I don't know if there's a disconnect between his stats and winning or if the Lions are just a terrible organization who can't get him a good running back. And they just play in a division where all of a sudden the Packers, the Bears, and the Vikings are all pretty darn good and better than all three of them are better than the Lions. Kirk Cousins, 29.5. I have gone at nauseam on this show and other shows close to the same name and on 12 Ounce Sports Radio about Kirk Cousins. I think he is an above average quarterback who looks very good on paper, but doesn't win in prime time, doesn't win in the playoffs, doesn't elevate his team. And I think that Minnesota will see that because they went to an NFC Championship game without Kirk Cousins and then didn't make the playoffs with Kirk Cousins. Andrew Luck, 27.5. Andrew Luck has been in a terrible organization. I think he's worth every penny and more. He wins. He gets to the playoffs. He even wins in the playoffs. He's been in an AFC Championship game and got beat by the Patriots. No shame in that. If he stays healthy, he's worth the money. Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl. He's the most talented quarterback maybe in NFL history. So he's worth every penny. Um, Russell Wilson's been to two Super Bowls. He's worth the money. Big Ben is, they're basically saying, um, your Super Bowl window's about to close. Let's pay him, take care of him. Eli, two Super Bowls, super overrated. Cam, face of the franchise. Phillip Rivers has been very good for a long time. Drew Brees is probably underpaid, even though he's getting older. Derek Carr, we'll see. And Tom Brady has been, clinic, been clinically, well, crucially, whatever the word is, he has been vastly underpaid, but he's got a rich wife, so we won't get there. Okay, my point is, you can look at this one of two ways. Is Dak Prescott better than anybody on this list? At this point, I would say he's better than Eli because Eli's dumpster fire trash, but he's not better than Matt Stafford. He, Matt Stafford throws the ball better. He's probably around Kirk Cousins. Um, Andrew Luck, no. Rodgers, no. Wilson, Big Ben, no. He's better than Eli. Like I said, he's better than Eli. Cam is probably in the same ballpark. Phillip Rivers, no. Drew Brees, no. And Tom Brady, no. Derek Carr, I haven't seen enough. My point is, is some of these guys are worth the money because of the Super Bowls, but let's look at Stafford, Cousins, 
And let's see, my, my thing is I don't think that you should pay your quarterback too much money in that regards because I think that it hinders your ability to build a team around them. Okay, in 2020, Matt Ryan, I don't think this contract's going to end up being favorable toward the Falcons. Matt Ryan has been to a Super Bowl and won an MVP, but I think that without Kyle Shanahan, he may not be as good. Big Ben, is he overpaid? But they seem to have plugged a lot of players in there, and I think the contract works for the team. But is he is he a little overpaid? At this? I mean, he just led the NFL in passing, so... Aaron Rodgers is going to make $32 million in 2020. He's worth every penny, but are they going to be able to, once again, are they going to be able to field a team around him? Stafford's making 31. We've been over him. Russell Wilson's the curious one to me because they don't seem to ever have really good running backs besides Marshawn Lynch, and the receivers are usually in, and he gets them to the playoffs. So maybe in that case. But here's the problem with Dallas. Let's get back to, to Dak. And Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate before he got hurt. And Jimmy G's making $26 million a year, and he's played like eight games for the 49ers. He's 6-2, but that's a gamble. So Dak Prescott has won a playoff game. He's 1-2 and two in the playoffs. And Zeke's holding out. He's in Cabo. Amari Cooper wants to get paid. So... You're telling me, and, and if, I don't understand how the market, I guess because Matt Ryan's making 36 that Dak thinks he's next in line, but he's maybe the 15th or 16th best quarterback. I mean, I really believe that. I don't, I, I can't think of, and I'm going through some paperwork, but those are all rapper lists because I'm going to do a hip hop podcast. So I'm going to list off some quarterbacks and you tell me if Dak Prescott is better than them. Tom Brady, No. Sam Darnold, at this point, yes. Josh Allen, yes. And by if I say yes, that means Dak's better than them. So, Tom Brady, no. Darnold, Allen, whoever Miami starts at quarterback, yes. Big Ben, no. Baker Mayfield, I think in the long run, no, he won't be better than Baker. I think Baker's supremely more accurate. Lamar Jackson, yes. Andy Dalton, hmm. Very close, but I would, I would give Dak the edge over Andy Dalton. Andrew Luck, no. Deshaun Watson, no. Jacksonville, okay, he's but Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. So I, I think overall he's better than Nick Foles. Is he better than Marcus Mariota? Yes. Patrick Mahomes, no. Um, Phillip Rivers, no. Okay, Oakland, Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr's a better quarterback, of the better thrower of the football, but we'll call that a tie. Joe Flacco. Flacco throws the ball better than him. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to AFC Championship games. But at this point, I'll, I'll say that's a tie. He's not better than Carson Wentz. He's better than Eli. He's better than whoever Washington trots out there. He's about the same as Kirk Cousins. And with Trubisky, he's not better than Aaron Rodgers. He's not better than Matt Stafford. He's not better than Drew Brees. He's not better than Cam Newton. He's not better than Matt Ryan. I would say he's better than Jameis because Jameis is really inconsistent. He's not better than Goff. He's probably not going to be better than Jimmy G. He's definitely not better than Russell Wilson. And then obviously I'm not going to compare him to Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray hasn't played an NFL meaningful game yet. And so here's the thing. You're going to pay the 15th or 16th best quarterback $40 million a year when Zeke wants money, when Amari Cooper wants money, when we have seen what happens to that without Zeke. And Jerry Jones has already come out and said he's not going to let the quarterback set the market. And so my issue is 
And I love Dak Prescott. I love everything he stands for. I liked him in college. I think he can throw the football. He has to get better when things aren't going his way, as in like the running game's not running. He's He made some nice throws out last year. And as a franchise quarterback and a leader, he is what you want. He doesn't say stupid things in the media. He doesn't get in trouble off the field. Some may point to a DUI right after he got drafted. He hasn't been in trouble since. He says the right things. He leads. He's got a good attitude. He's not a diva. You don't see him in the club, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the club, but certain things happen in the club after 2 o'clock a.m. It's not a good place for your franchise quarterback to be. I'm not saying he can't go to the club, but you've never seen him get arrested after that. You've never seen him in incidents with fans. You've never had any domestic violence. You've never had any sexual assault issues with him. He, he is, as a human being, he is what you want your franchise quarterback to be. My point is that the Dallas Cowboys are serious about winning a Super Bowl, which they have a very good team this year. I don't think they're anywhere close to Super Bowl favorites, but if everything breaks right and Zeke plays, they could win it this year. And you, I, I think it's wide open. I, I don't think, I, I, now, don't get me wrong. I think that the Rams and the Saints are better, but Drew Brees is starting to fall off a tad bit. Philadelphia is really good, but the NFC North is wide open. And so the NFC is deeper than we've ever seen it, in my opinion. So I just don't know if you give Dak. Now, I, I think what will happen is Dak saying 40, the Cowboys are saying 30. I think it'll be between 32 and 35. Because at some point, you're going to have to compromise somewhere in the middle. I don't know how Dallas pays all these guys. And you've got a good, I mean, they're one of the youngest. I think they are the youngest team in the NFL with the guys on the defense, Demarcus Lawrence. So on and so forth. I'm not going to name off all their players. Their offensive line, I don't know if all those guys have gotten paid. But the harsh reality about the NFL as opposed to Major League Baseball and the NBA is there's just not all that money to go around right now with the current salary cap. So that's why I would say I would not pay Dak $40 million a year. If I was Dak Prescott, I would take between 30 and 35. And I'd probably take between 30 and 32 but what I would want is the guarantees, the years and the guaranteed money. Kirk Cousins, I think, got $80 million guaranteed. And I don't know why people, I mean, but here, here's the logic. I understand why they overpay for mediocre to decently good quarterbacks. Because if you don't have one, you're in trouble. So Washington is playing Case Keenum as their starting quarterback in hopes that Haskins from Ohio State and Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback out of Ohio State, ends up becoming their franchise quarterback. Jacksonville with Blake Bortles in the past. Uh, Denver hasn't had a good quarterback. Peyton Manning got him to two Super Bowls and won one, and he obviously wasn't the reason they won the second one. But really, Denver has struggled with starting quarterback in their history. Baltimore's got a new quarterback. Miami's quarterback situation has been a mess for a long, long time. I mean, the best guy they've had since Marino is, what, Tannehill? They haven't had... I mean, they had Jay Cutler for like five minutes. They haven't had sustained success at quarterback. Look at Buffalo all these years. Now, they're high on Josh Allen. And so, look at the Giants. I mean, they're so scared to move on from Eli, but at least they've had consistency there. Minnesota's banking on Kirk Cousins. Chicago hasn't had great quarterback play in decades. Jay Cutler was probably the best one on that team. And 
you could just go down the list. Arizona, ever since Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer, I mean, they've been trying to find a quarterback, and you have to have one in this league, or you're going to go 3-13, and 13, and then your quarterback's going to – I mean, your head coach is going to get fired, your GM's going to get fired, you're going to end up in a perpetual cycle of trying to find running backs – I'm sorry, of trying to find quarterbacks. And so that's why you pay a guy like Matt Stafford. That's why Matt Ryan got his money. That's why Joe Flacco in Baltimore got his money, because at least with the quarterback like that, you have a shot if you can build a decent team around him. But if you spend too much money, then you can't build a team around him. Kaboom, you're in the same predicament as you were before. So the best thing is to win a Super Bowl like Seattle did on a quarterback's rookie contract. They did it with Ben, and then Ben wasn't good enough early on to demand those super ridiculous contracts, and they were able to stay, they were able to build a defense and teams around them. Even though the defense started getting old, they had they were able to build positions around, build up the positions around him. And then New England, they're just the outlier because they get rid of people and they just, they win with wide receivers people have never heard of and stuff like that. So that has been my take on Dak. We will take a quick break. This has been an episode of the Outlaw Sports Show presented by Jesse James Williams in connection with the After Shift Podcast Network. We will be right back. We are back on the Outlaw Sports Show presented by Jesse James Williams in connection with the After Shift Podcast Network. You can find us on Anchor which is where we distribute this podcast from, which is a great app. And it will be distributed to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Podcasts, and Radio Public. You can also find it, hopefully, on CastBox, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And I think I forgot to mention this earlier, but we might. I think we're also on Google Podcasts. And I say we because there's going to be other shows on here that may not shoot as often as I shoot because, hey, let's be... Clear, I own all the equipment, but the other guys want to jump in on this. They can get on there. And so I was going to do something. I was going to talk about Aaron Rodgers for the next 10 minutes. And then I decided that I'll keep this short and sweet about Aaron Rodgers. He reads everything. He cares about everything. He says that the rift between him and LaFleur is fake news. I mean, I get it. He's the one that said he didn't like the offense coming out or if, if you know, not being able to audible and stuff like that takes away his talent whatever what people have gone on nauseam about Aaron Rodgers and I don't feel the need to do that so what I'm going to do for the rest of this podcast is I am going to make my early season predictions now to be fair after the preseason I am going to update this because of injuries signings who gets cut off different rosters I am going to give myself the right to change my mind but this is the preseason, and this is just because there's only been one preseason game. Since I haven't done any research on the preseason games because I don't really care enough, this will be like the preseason before the preseason predictions. And so this is how I think everything is going to shape up. I'm going to give you a couple notes about each team. Colin does us three words about each team. I'm going to give a sentence about each team. I haven't written these down. This is totally off the rip, off the fly, because that's what I do, because I'm the freestyle king of sports. I just gave myself a nickname, the Freestyle King of Sports. I like that because I also rap. We'll talk about that on the Hip Hop Podcast with my boy Grady. All right, we are going to start in the AFC, in the AFC East. And I'm not going to predict records. I'm just going to give you who I think is going to win each division 
or I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the standings, like one, two, one through four. And then I'm also going to um, tell you who I think the six playoff teams will be. I'm not gonna go through the playoff. I'm not gonna like simulate the playoffs and predict the Super Bowl winners and the winners of each conference. I'm just going to say the team, get, I'm gonna give you the four teams in order of how I think they'll finish. I'm gonna say something about each team very briefly, one sentence. And I might even say more than one sentence, but I'm going to have a defining sentence. And then after that, I'm going to tell you, okay, these are the six teams that will make the playoffs based on the standings. So here we go. The AFC East. I have New England finishing first. I have the Jets finishing second. I have Buffalo finishing third. And I have Miami finishing fourth. Steffi tweets, please don't kill me. Please don't be mad at me. It's just, and, I, and I'll explain why. So New England, the one sentence about New England is, can they keep winning with mediocre receiver talent? But they have Tom Brady, and they have five. Okay, so I also did a bunch of research last week. So I'm also going to tell you how many games against 2018 playoff teams and their record in 2018 and their games against teams 500 or better. Good news for everybody. There were no 8-8 eight and eight teams last year, so all these teams were above 500. That'll be the number. All right. So New England has five games against playoff teams from last year. They were 11-5 and five last year. And they have six games against plus 500 teams. I don't think it matters. They're the cream of the crop in this division. Belichick's the best coach in the NFL. I hate saying that because I'm a Steelers fan, but he is. The New York Jets. Can Sam Darnold take the necessary steps to make this team really competitive? Yeah, I didn't say anything about Le'Veon Bell. So the Jets have five games also against playoff teams from last year. They were 4-12 and 12 last year. Games against plus 500 teams, also six. This is the year I want to see Sam Darnold really take a leap. He has Le'Veon Bell, Bell now. Uh, the defense seems to be better. Let's see what Adam Gase can do with this team. Adam Gase is the head coach of the New York Jets. Yes, he is. Okay. The Buffalo Bills. I have them finishing third. They have, they have five games also against playoff teams from last year. They were six and ten, seven games against plus 500 teams. My statement for the Bills is going to be Josh Allen must throw the ball more. And I like Josh Allen a lot. I think that he's exciting to watch. He runs, but eventually you can't play that style. He's going to... He's going to have to be an accurate passer of the football, which was my criticism of him coming out of Wyoming. But Buffalo loves this guy. Steffi tweets, I hear you, Buffalo. Bills Mafia, they love him. I like him. But I just, there's not a lot to like in Buffalo. But I think that I, I want Buffalo to do well. And then the Miami Dolphins, I have no idea what they're doing. They have Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. I don't even get the guy's name right anymore. Ryan Fitzpatrick is currently leading in the quarterback competition between him and Josh Rosen. And so I am going to say the sentence for the Miami Dolphins is going to be figure out your QB situation at some point, Miami. Okay, because if you get Josh Rosen, he has to be the guy because if not, you're just another year of a I mean, Brian Fitzpatrick's like 38 years old, I'm pretty sure. And he showed you last year in Tampa Bay who he was. He showed you who he was with the Texans. He showed you who he was with the Jets. Is a guy that will throw up a whole bunch of numbers and have a cool beard, but in the end, he will not take you to where you need to go. So that is it for the AFC East. 
In the AFC North, I have Pittsburgh finishing first. Yes, that's a homer pick, and I'll explain why. Cleveland finishing second, Baltimore finishing third, and Cincinnati finishing fourth. So my statement for oh, and Pittsburgh had seven games against playoff teams from last year. They were 9-6-1 and one in seven teams. So all seven teams that were over 500 made the playoffs last year. And my sentence for Pittsburgh is last shot to win a title. This is it for, well, not ever, but in this, with Big Ben as their quarterback. This is it. This is the year the noise is gone. There is no Le'Veon Bell holdout. There is no Antonio Brown drama. James Washington seems to be looking good at camp. But this is the year that they, that they're going to win it. They're going to win it this year. And so this is the year. Um, I just think that people have been underestimating them. And I think that that is a big mistake. And I think they're going to rise to the occasion. The Cleveland Browns, they are they have five games against playoff teams. They were seven, eight, and one last year, and then they have eight games against teams five hundred or better. Cleveland's schedule is not great. And so the sentence for the Cleveland Browns will be Can you overcome the noise? Because there's a bunch of noise on this team. There is a bunch of drama. There is a bunch of stuff going on. OBJ, Baker Mayfield, shotgun and beers, which I have zero problem with. I don't think that I said this about Baker before. I don't I don't want Baker to change who he is. But Cleveland has not had sustained winning at all since the recreation of this team in 1999. So everyone's like, oh, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, calm down. They have a first time head coach. He wasn't even never hired as a coordinator. The second year quarterback who I really, really like. OBJ, who's extremely talented, but also extremely emotional. Jarvis Landry, uh, the Higgins receiver guy is really good. They just traded Duke Johnson, but I think that he wasn't happy. Get him out of there. Kareem Hunt will be back after eight games. A lot of question marks on this team. The defense with Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett is really good. Let's see how this all plays out. I think they, they signed a couple of other guys. Okay, Baltimore. It's going to be the same thing as Josh Allen, but I'm going to switch it up. Can Lamar throw consistently? That's the question for him. So they have five games against 2018 playoff teams. They were 10-6 and six last year, made the playoffs, and they have seven games against teams over 500. Um, Lamar Jackson has to prove. I, I just don't like all the talent around them. They never really seem to be solid at the receiver position. Their defense is always good. They didn't even know if they were going to keep uh, John Harbaugh last year. Cincinnati, can you defend somebody? Their defense was atrocious last year. Remember, those are the two games where Baker Mayfield was really good. Really, really good. And they have five games against 2018 playoff teams. They were 6-10 and 10 last year and seven games against teams 500 or more. And this is the first year without Marvin Lewis in like 275 years. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And we will move to the AFC South. I have Indianapolis finishing first, Houston finishing second, Jacksonville finishing third, and Tennessee finishing fourth. David Dillow is going to be mad about that. I just, I just don't see it with Tennessee. So Indianapolis has five games against playoff teams from last year. They were 10 and six and eight games against teams 500 above. The Sentence for Indianapolis is can Luck stay healthy? Because if he's healthy, this team has actually been finally building the right way. They're getting a lot of talent on defense. I 
really like what this team is doing. I just think they have the best quarterback in the division, and I think they'll finish in first above Houston. And my second, my sentence about Houston is, is this the year Deshaun Watson becomes a superstar? And some of these sentences are questions. I get that. It's my show. I can do what I want. And so Houston has seven games against playoff teams. They're coming off an 11-5 and five year, and they have nine games against teams that are 500 or better. Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, I think they just traded for Duke Johnson. If J.J. Watt's healthy, the defense, Jadavion Clowney has to prove to me that he was worth that number one pick. But even if he's just really good, I really like what Houston's doing. Jacksonville, and I think Jacksonville and Houston could be, uh, Jacksonville and Tennessee could be flip-flopped. Now, sentence for Jacksonville is, was Blake Bortles the problem? Okay, so Nick Foles is now the quarterback who I think is better than Blake Bortles. There were one game... They were basically a couple minutes away from the Super Bowl two years ago. They were a disaster last year. Um, I don't really care much about Jacksonville. Of course, Jalen Ramsey is always loud, but I think he's really, really, really good. And in Tennessee, my statement about them is, is it time to give up on Mariota yet? He's not healthy. He's been kind of mediocre. My buddy likes to blame everything else around him, which they they haven't been great in the offseason. They haven't drafted wonderfully, but you do have Derrick Henry at running back. And so this is a year that I think Mariota has – if he's a star, if he is the number two draft pick that you picked after Jameis Winston, if he's that guy, he has to prove it. He's not a big, loud-speaking guy. He's not a motivator. I get that. But this is the year that he has to step up. And so we move to the AFC West. And by the way, we're going to take a break after the AFC West. And so I have Kansas City first, the Chargers second, Oakland third, Denver fourth. But I'm going to switch that up. I'm going to say Kansas City 1, the Chargers 2, Denver 3, Oakland 4. And, I'll, and just because, so Kansas City, can Mahomes do it again? He won the MVP in his first year as a full starter, second year in the league. He's phenomenal. They're stacked. They have Tyree Hill, Travis, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid is coach. I mean, this team is phenomenal. I could list off a bunch of their other players, but, I mean, the offense is going to be great. Is the defense going to be able to create enough of a pass rush? But I think that they're too good. Um, I'm sorry. They are – I'm sorry. Tennessee was six – at six games against playoff teams. They were nine and seven. They were seven games against teams that were 500. Jacksonville was five and 11. Nine games against plus 500 teams, seven against playoff teams. That's why I just don't – I think they're just – they're not going to be good. Kansas City has seven games against 2018 playoff teams. Um, they're 12 and four last year, and then nine games against teams over 500. I don't think it matters. They're extremely talented. The Chargers, five games against playoff teams. They were 12 and four, also lost in a tiebreaker, and eight games uh, against teams that were over 500. And this is Philip Rivers' last chance. I mean, he's been so good. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think the numbers speak for themselves. He's had a lot of years where they were eight and eight, and, and the and the team around him was awful and injuries and just a lot of bad luck. But like this is, I think I feel the same way about the Steelers as I do about the Chargers. I mean, you got to find Phillip Rivers replacement. I mean, unless you're just going to be playoff failure teams. I mean, I just, I don't want to see, I don't want to live in a world where Phillip Rivers has no Super Bowl rings. Just don't want that to happen. I've got Denver finishing above Oakland, really just because Oakland has way too much drama. But Denver, seven games against playoff teams, or 6-10 and 10 last year. Games against teams that are 500 or better, nine. And so 
Also, those numbers are also true for Oakland, who went four and twelve. They're also seven against play, seven games against playoff teams, nine against teams over five hundred. This is a flip flop because we're going to have to see how good Joe Flacco is, Emmanuel Sanders, Demary. Actually, Demaryius Thomas isn't even there anymore, so I'd have to look at their depth chart. But both of those teams aren't going anywhere, in my opinion. Flacco has to work out. I think they have to make the playoffs or John. I mean, they're already on like their eight billionth coach with Fangio or whatever the dude's name is as their coach. John Gruden is going to be excruciating in Oakland. They already have the AB drama. It's going to be interesting. I just don't think they're going to be any good. And so that's kind of my feelings on that. So my playoff teams are going to be the New England Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Indianapolis Colts, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Houston Texans and the L.A. Chargers. No, I do not have the Browns making the playoffs. I have them losing on a tiebreaker. I just, I think the Chargers are going to make, I think the Chargers and Houston are just that. And I think Cleveland's going to be very close. I think Baltimore is going to make it interesting. Besides that, I, don't, I mean, the rest of, of this league is just kind of whack to me. So I have New England, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Houston, Kansas City, and the Chargers. So basically, the only new playoff team would be Pittsburgh with Baltimore having won the AFC North last year. We will take a quick break. This has been the Outlaw Sports Show presented by Jesse James Williams in connection with the Aftershift Podcast Network. And we will be right back. Welcome back to the Outlaw Sports Show presented by Jesse James Williams in connection with the Aftershift Podcast Network. You can find this podcast on Anchor, the app in which we will be uploading this to and publishing, which will distribute it to the other apps, which are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and hopefully soon CastBot, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. Shout out to Anchor for allowing us to continually be able to shoot free podcasts and end with the ability to earn money. Shout out to 12 Ounce Sports Radio, who I no longer work for, but I always like to give them a shout because they gave me my start. Check them out. That is 12ozsportsradio.com. Find a lot of good talent there. Shout out to my buddies, the scout team, my buddy Primetime. Yes, we are going to do some work together, my homie, and to all the guys, Ian, David, Nick, Grady, Lindell, that either will be doing podcasts or supporting our podcast. And shout out to you, the people who hopefully listen to this, like it, and share it on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the other stuff so we can get famous and make some money. Don't really care about the famous part. All right. So we are now moving to the NFC predictions. We're going to roll through these. Um, I wish I would have planned this better so it would have been a little more concise. But, you know, this I'm the freestyle king of sports radio or the freestyle king of sports podcasting. So we're just going to roll with it. So the NFC East, I had a lot of problems with this one because I'm torn apart at the top of the division. And so I've got Philadelphia winning the division, Dallas finishing second. I'm going to move Washington to third because of all the injuries the Giants have had to their receivers, and I'm going to have the Giants finishing th- fourth. I'm going to switch it up real quick. I'm going to go through and give the games against the playoffs teams and the record last year, and then I'm going to say the sentence about it. I feel like that will flow a little better. So Philadelphia has five games against playoff teams, Dallas six, the Giants six, Washington six, uh, that Philadelphia has six games against teams over 500 last year. Dallas seven, the Giants seven, Washington seven. 
Philadelphia was nine and seven last year. Carson Wentz was hurt. Dallas was ten and six. The Giants were five and eleven. Washington was seven and nine, and two of the quarterbacks broke their legs. My sentence about Philadelphia: Wentz has to be who we think he is, health-wise and play-wise. Like at, at some point, he has to stay healthy. He has to play at least six. I think he has to play sixteen games to play like an MVP. Um, that team is super talented, but injuries are going to hurt them. And so I think this is a year that Carson Wentz has to bounce back and prove that he can stay healthy. A lot of the, a lot of these are health-related because a lot of these good quarterbacks keep getting hurt. Dallas, their sentence is the big three or no three. So who are you going to pay? Who are you not going to pay? Is Zeke going to play? Dak's obviously going to play regardless. But I just think that this – this thing could all fall apart with Ezekiel Elliott not playing this year. I don't know how serious he is, but we no one thought Le'Veon Bell was serious. And so that's my sentence for them. New York Giants, get rid of Eli. It's over. It's a wrap. If Daniel Jones is any good, you have to play him. The streak is over. Y'all already ruined that. Get Eli up out of here. He is no longer a good quarterback. Stop it. What the He was good in a couple of games at the end of the year. He's not taking you anywhere. Now, unless your quarterback just isn't ready, you drafted Daniel Jones for a reason. You drafted him basically because he played at Duke under Cutcliffe, who also coached Peyton and Eli. That's my opinions on that. Washington, um, don't rush Haskins. You're not going anywhere with this roster anyways. If he is a quarterback of the future, do not throw him out there before he is ready. Um, Case Keenum can hold that spot down. Make sure that he is absolutely ready because you also don't have the greatest quarterback history. I mean, since 2012, you've had RG3 and Kirk Cousins, and you've had Colt McCoy on that roster for quite a while. So don't rush him in. NFC North, I have Menace. I have no idea what to do with this division. I've gone back and forth, back and forth. So I'm going to go with Chicago. Minnesota, I'm going to go with Minnesota. I'm going to stick to my gut. Minnesota's going to win the division. Chicago will finish second. Green Bay third. Detroit fourth. Minnesota played seven games against 2018 playoff team. Chicago six. Green Bay six. And Detroit six. Minnesota plays seven over 500 teams from last year. Chicago eight. Green Bay eight. And Detroit eight. Minnesota was eight, seven, and one last year. Chicago was 12 and four. Green Bay was six, nine, and one. Detroit was six and ten. My question is. My, my statement about Minnesota is be careful what you wish for with Kirk Cousins. Y'all wanted him. Y'all paid him. I just, I think, now this team is so talented. I think that they're going to win with him. But I don't, I think they're going to come to regret this contract. And I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to rise above the fold and like be some kind of super Pro Bowl quarterback. But he is really good. And I think the talent around him is good enough. My statement for the Chicago Bears is, was last year a fluke? I think their coach is good with Nagy. Trubisky's weird. We don't really know what he is. Is he re- is he the real deal or is he just, did he just have a really good year last year? That defense is incredible with Khalil Mack. Let's see. Green Bay. Is Aaron Rodgers going to play like the best quarterback in the world this year? That's my statement for them. It is, is. We, everyone keeps telling me he's the greatest quarterback ever. And, and, and listen, I've watched Aaron Rodgers play. He is the most phenomenal quarterback I've ever watched, maybe since Michael Vick because of what Vick could do in the run game. But new coach, no excuses. Let's see. Your receivers are a year older. Let's see if Aaron Rodgers can put it all together. Detroit, 
Does anybody care? <laughs> I mean, I, I hate that for Lions fans, but Matt Stafford's going to throw a lot of yards. He's going to throw a lot of picks. They're not going to be able to run the ball well. They're going to be behind in a lot of games, and they're in a division where I just think they're set up to fail. Let's go to the NFC South. I've got New Orleans winning it, Carolina in second, Atlanta in third, Tampa Bay in fourth. Uh, New Orleans had six games against 2018 playoff teams, Carolina six, Atlanta seven, Tampa Bay six. Uh, The Saints have eight games against teams that were 500 or better last year, Carolina seven, Atlanta nine, Tampa Bay nine. New Orleans, it's no longer a breeze. Okay, that was kind of corny. And what I mean is Drew Brees is still really, really good, but you're going to have to have a lot of things good around him. And also, I agree with Colin. They have to get over that game last year. They can't carry that into this season. It sucks. Y'all were robbed. But if your defense would have stopped them, there would have never been an overtime because y'all still would have been up by three points. So get over it, and it's not always going to be a breeze. Um, Carolina. Is Cam the MVP Cam, or is Cam just better than average cam i mean he's had shoulder surgery let's see what cam brings to the table i'm very interested to see how carolina looks i thought ron rivera was going to lose his job i really like ron rivera christian mccaffrey is a beast so i am really interested and when devin Funches no longer plays for them so it's going to be very or devin Funches. i always say Funches. i think it's Funches. so we'll see how they go atlanta Hey, Quinn, I mean, I thought he was a good hire. Is Atlanta stuck in mediocrity? That'll be it. Is is Atlanta stuck in mediocrity? They went to the Super Bowl. Their schedule is hellacious to begin with. If they can survive that, I like Atlanta. They have Devontae Freeman. I think they still have Tevin Coleman. They have Julio Jones. So, and and they have uh, Calvin Ridley. So, the talents there is the defense big enough and able to make big enough plays can Atlanta rise in that division? Tampa Bay, Jameis is done. I just, we've had years of waiting for him to mature. Years, we've seen nothing but idiotic behavior and inconsistency from Jameis Winston since we knew who he was when at Florida State. And I just think that it's a wrap. I think that if Bruce Arians ain't going to fix him, ain't nobody going to fix him. Jameis will be a backup for somebody the year after next. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he gets his life together. I hope he gets his career together. But we've just been waiting for Jameis, and we've heard the talk, and the, I need to do better, and this, that, and the other. So I think that this is it for Jameis. Um, let's go to the NFC West. I've got the Rams finishing first. I've got Seattle finishing second. San Francisco third. Arizona fourth. Same, same order as last year. Uh, the Rams have six games against teams that were in the playoffs last year. San Francisco six. Seattle five. Arizona six. And they all have seven games against teams that were over 500. The Rams are coming off a 13-3 year. The Seattle Seahawks were 10-6. San Francisco was 4-12, and and Arizona was 3-13. The Rams, no Super Bowl hangover. You can't let that loss 13-3 in the Super Bowl derail. You have a phenomenal head coach. Jared Goff is a really, really good quarterback, even though he was kind of bad in a couple games last year. Todd Gurley might be overpaid, and let's hope that he does not have arthritic knees. That at least limit him because he's so good. Cooper Cup's coming back. Uh, I think they still have Brandon Cooks. You got a lot of guys on that team. You should be able to win this division, but do not take your foot off of the gas. Seattle. It's Russell Wilson or bust. 
I mean, he is the franchise, him and Pete Carroll. And I love Pete Carroll. I love the way he coaches. But this is the year that Seattle has to – because Russell Wilson drugged them in the playoffs. So there's no mistake about that. And you don't get rid of Pete Carroll. I mean, you just paid Bobby Wagner, but he's phenomenal. But mostly – I mean, all those guys are gone. Richard Sherman's gone. Um, I'm not going to sit here and name them all because I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head. But Richard Sherman's gone. Uh, Michael Bennett's gone. They're, they're all gone. Earl Thomas, they're all gone. Like, the whole Legion of Boom is over. Boom. Gone. Um, you couldn't pay them all. You've decided to pay Russell Wilson, which I don't think was bad. Richard Sherman may not be the same player. Speaking of, Richard Sherman's still in San Francisco. So my statement about San Francisco is, Jimmy G, show me. Because I've been hearing the hype about this dude for so long, and he looked good when he was on the field. But Jimmy G's got to stay healthy. A lot of these quarterbacks just have to stay healthy. They haven't done it. Jimmy G, are you the MVP? Or are you the guy that the pretty girls just like to see and all the players that the young quarterbacks want to beat see a Mason Grimes right there for the people because you know that's what I'm here for so Jimmy G's got to show me something and the world something I mean Kyle Shanahan's putting all his eggs in the Jimmy G basket let's see what he can do Arizona is Kyler too little and I know that's pretty easy to say because he's a little dude he looked really good in the preseason Cliff Kingsbury has had some interesting quotes he got fired from his alma mater. We all know that. The talent isn't always there, but I do like him in Arizona. I like Kyler in Arizona. I don't think they're going to get more than five or six wins, but they have to look like they're competent. They have to look like somebody understands how to run that organization. Uh, they just had another executive um, with a DWI, and the Cardinals were extremely, extremely disappointed because this dude was like driving in the wrong lane, and like he was drunk as hell. And that's bad. Like, you do not drink and drive. It's terrible. People get killed. Mothers against drunk driving. We all know someone who was killed in a drunk driving accident. I know several. And honestly, most of them were the people that were drinking and driving. Um, and so, anyways, back to the football sides of things. I think that Arizona's going to be bad, but they can't look as god-awful as they looked last year. And so my playoff teams are going to be Philadelphia Minnesota, New Orleans, the Rams. I'm going to go the Cowboys, and I'm going to go Chicago. I'm going to pick Chicago to make the playoffs. So that means that the 49ers, the Seahawks, Carolina, Atlanta, and Green Bay will not make the playoffs. I could be totally wrong about this. Mind you, I have the right to change my mind, which I may do after doing some more research and looking at some of this more in depth. So my playoff teams for 2019 will be New England, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Houston, Kansas City, the Chargers, Philadelphia, Dallas, Minnesota, Chicago, New Orleans, and the Rams. Not a lot of turnover, but I just think that some of these teams are just too mediocre. I don't really believe in their quarterbacks. And so we've talked about Antonio Brown. We've talked about the NFL predictions. We've talked about Dak. There's a lot of other stuff we could have talked about. Um, real quick on Baker Mayfield chugging a beer. I don't care. Um, it's It was a weekend, so it wasn't the night before he had to be in training camp. It was a weekend. Um, he's with his girlfriend. or Maybe it's his wife. Maybe it's his wife. Um, and so he was hyping up the crowd. I'm originally from the Cleveland area. I loved it. Now, the opening it with your mouth, like, for instance, if you've never shotgun beer before, you can, like, use a knife to, like, shotgun. And I don't know if you can bring a knife into a football stadium. Not promoting violence, but, you know, people carry pocket knives. But, yeah, um, 
Maybe not the greatest idea, but I thought it was fun. And he pointed to Lindor's name on the back of the jersey, so at least he wasn't, like, pumping himself up. And the cameras were on him, and someone threw him a beer, and it was a lot of fun. Um, real quick, I think that Jason Whitlock doesn't like humans because um, he's all mad about LeBron. Maybe LeBron should be dunking in the light line, but LeBron is not a bad parent. LeBron has been a great parent. Um, he's trying to be everything his dad wasn't, so I agree with that take. And so I just think that sometimes we need to calm down. And unless there's crimes being committed um, or like people just being ridiculous, like Antonio Brown, like let's remember sports are supposed to be fun. We're supposed to have fun. We're supposed to enjoy ourselves. It's entertainment. That's why the E and ESPN stands for entertainment. Like this is sports. It's I mean, it's not that important. It changes people's lives. But it's, at the end of the day, it's a game. And I feel like we should remember that when we are covering sports and we're talking about people and also just to remember that these are real people with real lives and real feelings so that's why I always try not to make it too personal because number one all these players can beat me up and number two I don't know any of these people personally so I just talk about what they say what they do in sports so this has been an episode of the Outlaw Sports Show presented by Jesse James Williams in connection with the Aftership Podcast Network I would like to thank everybody who will listen to this since it is not live. So I hope to get some feedback. You guys have a great day, and we will see you next time on the Outlaw Sports Show presented by Jesse James Williams in connection with the After Shift Podcast Network. Deuces!